Hey, uh, it's with great pleasure I want to have us uh, come up and, and uh, kind of lead us uh, with the ministry that at Teen Challenge in Worcester. Uh, we've had the women here before. It's been a little while, but um, we've never had men. And uh, I, I thought the men were going to come and sing, and then I heard that they just call, they're just called the choir, but they don't sing. But they do make some incredible woodwork in the back, and, I, and, and you got to check that out. It's like incredible. They got a whole shop there at, at the, the center. And so, Steve, come on up and uh, take it away, bro. Good morning. It's been pretty exciting to have the guys here. Uh, at my home church, uh, I I think of me and my wife, we think of you guys as family. And so we're super excited to have these men here, lives that are being changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ and how important it is in their lives. So, again, thank you very much. So we are Adult and Teen Challenge, Massachusetts, Worcester. We are a 12-month long-term residential treatment center for teens and adults who battle life-controlling issues such as drugs and alcohol. We are a one of 12 centers in the state of Massachusetts um, that are all a part of Adult and Teen Challenge, New England and New Jersey Incorporated. We originally were two homes in Dorchester, Massachusetts, where we were only able to house 20 men. And you know God makes a way where there seems to be no way. So we were able to sell both of our homes in Dorchester and acquire a 74-bed facility debt-free in Worcester, Massachusetts in 2019. Yes. So that has been a project. It's an elephant, and we are taking one bite at a time. The Lord is guiding our steps in that process, and with the support of those uh, that are connected with us and in the church community. We have been able to really make some strides moving in the right direction to be able to open up all of our beds. And God willing, they will be filled with men desired to seek Jesus. So for Adult and Teen Challenge, the heart of our program is resident first. We have a oh, 12-unit, four-phase curriculum for each one of these men to really dig down and deal with the underlying issues of their life. Sometimes when men will come in the program and we have the conversation with them, we let them know we're going to help them with their court situations and doctor's appointments and making sure that everything that's attached to them, we can make sure that we're being a part and being diligent on getting those things done. But the biggest part is for them to deal with the underlying issues because we can do everything we can. But if they don't dig down deep and start dealing with it, then all it is going to be is a place that they were sitting in, and then they leave off, and they go right back to the same stuff. So there's only so much we can do, but these guys have been striving to deal with those underlying issues. And we have some men here that are brand new. Uh, they're within 30 days of being in the program. And so it's exciting to have them out here and being able to observe, feel the love, and enjoy these things that are going to be able to be fruitful in their life as they continue to move through the program. So what I want to do is first have our first testimony come up, which his name is Chris Waterman. Come on up. Good morning, church. I'm Chris. I'm 27. 
from Maine. Um, so I grew up in the church. My grandparents led the worship team. Um, so I was in the church, but during the week when I was at home was where I struggled because my parents were both addicts and my dad was a dealer. So it was rough life at home. So weekends for me and my little brother and sister were escapes. So we, that was our fun time. We got to go see Grammy and Grandpa. Um, at a young age, I was molested by somebody in the church. Um, and as that, that was one of the traumas that I constantly dealt with. Um, and at the age of 12, I witnessed my dad do a double homicide, murdered two people. Um, so I had that trauma in my life. Uh, my father was in prison. My mother was in jail. So we lived with my aunt and uncle that we barely knew. Um, and through that, my mom has been clean for 15 years now. She's doing great. She's remarried. Um, yeah. At 16, I kicked out of the house because I just was rebelling, didn't want to listen. I was still pushing all those traumas down, not dealing with them. Started drinking heavily uh, and doing cocaine. Uh, through all that, about age 22, I barrel rolled my truck at 70 miles an hour. I had no pulse when they got there. Uh, they brought me back to life. That is one of the instances where God reached down and grabbed me and said, you ain't going nowhere yet. I still got work to do with you. Um, at the age of 25, I discovered heroin, started using it. It numbed my feelings. I didn't have to feel no more, so I loved it. Um, within eight months, I had lost. I have two beautiful children, too. i got to back up. I have two beautiful children. i got a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, but in eight, eight months' time, from tw when I was 27, so, yeah, I've been here for three months, so, yeah, sorry. I'm getting nervous. But, uh, yeah, uh, I lost a house, my kids, all my vehicles, my relationships, um, in eight months' time, and I was living in a parking lot in a shed. Um, and through all of that, God has been there every step of every way. Um, six times I overdosed. Uh, the last time I overdosed, I was out for eight minutes. Um, that's a long time to be out. Um, and I'm still here functioning like a normal human being. So, and my, my God has been working on me every day. When I walk through Teen Challenge, the front doors, Josh can tell you, Kaden can tell you, a lot of these guys tell you I was a mess. I, <laughs> I didn't even know who I was and my identity. I couldn't think straight. I, was thinking, I had some crazy thoughts, but God has delivered me from all that, and he keep, continues to work on me every day. Um, God's grace. God's grace. But the scripture that I stand on is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall make your path straight. Thank you, church. Thank you, Chris. Powerful. Powerful. So what I wanted what I want to talk about real quick before the next testimony comes up, and if Josh and Caden can head to the back table on each side. So when you came in, you had a prayer card. Uh, I hope you had a prayer card. I know that we brought so many and ran out uh, towards the end. So if you didn't have a prayer card, please come see me. I will try to give you mine. My wife, she has one too. We definitely fill out the prayer cards on a regular basis, so we have extra ones. Um, these prayer cards are so very important for the men at our center. First, on the left-hand side is your information. We fill those out, or we ask that you fill those out. The important part of that is that so we can follow up with you on events that we have going on, new boards that are made for the carpenter shop, 
anything that we have that may be going out as mailers. I know that that can be a, a lot for some people, but we try not to be pushy. Uh, we know how important just getting it once in a while is. And so for us at our men's center, that is very important. So we try to make sure we get as many as we can. But on the right-hand side, what's most important is your prayers. So we try to give some time during the service, which we'll be able to give a few minutes, for you to fill it out. And those prayers, these men, we cut the information off, but the men have the prayers, and so they can pray for you. And that's what is most important. How many of us know that there's power in prayer? And so that is for, and that's the amazing part about this church and that I learned uh, from the guidance of my wife, how important just loving Jesus was. It's not about all of the other stuff. It's about a family that loves God. And that is what me and her have been able to embrace uh, and grow. And I know that we've only been here a year, but we've learned so much and we're looking forward to years to come because it's a family that love Jesus and they want to learn and grow. And so we're excited about that. And that's what we want our men to do. We want them to feel that because they've gone through addictions. And even if it was a decisions that they have made or maybe decisions that happened when they were younger and it caused them to fall into this active life of addiction, there's love that was lost. They haven't got embraced. They haven't been shown that kind of love. There's so much that we can do in the center, but the true love comes from the body of believers. And so we're grateful to have that, and I'm excited about them being here because I know the love that we feel, uh, and they'll be able to feel that kind of love too. And so uh, just be, if you can, we are going to give a few minutes. I'm going to talk about some of the renovations we've done at the center I know that you guys have all heard my testimony, uh, but I will give a brief one of my testimony. But this is an opportunity for you to fill these out. And when you're done filling them out, we're going to give three minutes. When you're done filling them out, just raise your hand. And these two fine gentlemen in the back will come over and we'll collect them from you. And if you didn't get enough time, you can always give it to them at the end as well. So in 2019, when we acquired our building, on 81 Chatham Street. Oh, and if you don't have a pen, we have pens, so we'll be able to give it to you as well. So if you don't have a pen, raise your hand, and they'll come over and give it to you. So in 2019, we acquired the building on 81 Chatham Street, and there was it used to be a nursing home. And as I said before, 30% of the assessed city value is what we were able to acquire the building for. And during COVID, and at that time, some of you guys know, that's unheard of. We had our church service uh, last week, which spoke primarily of God's hand upon real estate when it came time for his believers and his children to acquire. He made a way. And so I know that when we were about to get that building, we walked around it. We were praying around that, but we knew it was going to happen. It's just it was in God's timing. The buildings that we had in Dorchester were ran down, but God had his hand upon that. Lives were being my life was changed there. And it was a place that normally you would say, well, what am I doing here? This, you know, it's kind of run down. I mean, we had we had rats the size of cats in the backyard. I'm talking they wake wake up in the morning. You'd go out there and they'd be sitting on top of the dumpster looking at you as if like greeting you in the morning. And it was I, I was I was blown away. 
but I knew he was making a way. He was he was opening up an environment for us. It was going to happen. We were praying and believing we were going to move and it was going to happen. And here it happened in 2019. So at that time, when we got into the building, it was there was a lot of if you guys know nursing homes, there's a lot of metal beds and they're really heavy. And so we actually was able to develop a relationship with a gentleman who was building a hospital in Kenya and he was able to take all the beds. And in that time where we were able to load them up and give them as many as we could, we actually got a donation from Westfield College that gave us all of our beds. And all of our armoires and nightstands. So it was a blessing for a blessing. Uh, and, and, and we just couldn't even imagine how it all came to be. And so our second floor has been renovated. And we can house 42 men there. But our third floor is being renovated now. And so when we are able to raise the funds and get it all completed, that's when we'll have a full 74 beds we have a very large chapel that we're working on now that'll be able to house all 74 men in one chapel, praising the Lord on the third floor with the windows open so the neighborhood can hear the power of Jesus Christ. And so we're super excited about that. The vision is there. We've went up there as staff, opened the windows, had a few prayers, and literally you can hear it all the way from corner to corner. So we're super excited about what that's going to be like when the time comes and God will make a way. We're excited about that. We know it's going to open up. Uh, so my, my prayer is that those will come alongside us, do walkthroughs, but be able to see our building and just really be able to develop that kind of relationship with those in our community where our home is, but really be able to help us to fulfill that entire building because there's a lot of lives that need to know Jesus, but they need help. And a lot of men that are in addiction, they don't, they don't have any funding. They, they've lost connection with their families. And so to have them have a place to go where they're going to be safe, they're going to be loved, they're not going to be taken advantage of, and they're going to grow. And that's what our home is built on. It's built on the foundation of Christ so that we can give them love, no matter what it takes. Sometimes it may feel like it's heavy. Sometimes it may feel like it's a lot, but we serve, and we serve with our whole heart, not just part of it. So my, my next testimony that's going to come up, there's a power in family, too. And a lot of times these men will come in, and they need that kind of support from family, whether it be a wife, whether it be a mom or dad. And so it's really important that we know that the family stands beside and understands the significance of addiction, but also the significance of recovery. And so having that kind of stable connection and people that aren't going to let you get over, but really going to hold you to your words uh, or to the things that you may not be doing is very important. So I'd like to invite up Josh Estrada as soon as he's done. Thank you. Sorry, church. Good morning. Um, I'm Joshua Strada. 
I'm 32 years old. I'm from Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, so let's start. Well, I got here like about 90 days ago. Um, I come from a very good family. Not such a good neighborhood, not such good friends. Um, I was a very confident kid. You know, I played sports. I liked to party. Party became sort of my addiction as uh, I was growing up. Then uh, I was really attached to my, my grandmother at the time growing up. And as the years go by, I just realized, you know, she was getting sick. And um, I was just trying to push it away, not really trying to think about it. Grandma's going to be okay. Grandma's always all right. So I, um, when this was about 13 years ago, she ended up having cancer of the blood, um, passing away. So that destroyed my my life there. I, f I went down a slippery slope. That same time, I uh, met my girlfriend that is now my wife. And uh, for many years, we partied together. I went down a very slippery slope. She stopped partying, and I kept going. She held me. Every time I cried, I couldn't. I couldn't hold myself together because I was codependent of my grandmother or her. So um, I got more deeper into my addictions with cocaine and alcohol, hanging out with who I wasn't supposed to be hanging out with, uh, not going home, not taking care of my family. I have a six-year-old daughter with this woman, and I'm out here doing things I'm not supposed to or hanging out with taking my daughter places I shouldn't be taking her to. You know, not not in the right state of mind. But one day she uh, just texted me saying, when you get home, come home, go to sleep. When you get um, Monday comes, you're heading to you're heading to Teen Challenge. You're going. You're going to Teen Challenge. Um, I already had talked to Steve on the phone. He's waiting for your phone call. Call him when you get here. I was really angry. I didn't want to go. You know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I kind of missed the part out. But, uh. She is a Christian, and we found out through the program through the Brockton Center men that go to Assembly uh, of God Church that my wife goes to. So that's where we found out what Teen Challenge was, teen challenge was about. Um, and, yeah, I went on a bender. She called Steve, and I went to uh, call Steve that Monday. She brought me over there, dropped me off. We did the intake with Steve, finished the intakes with Steve, and I've been here ever since. What God has done with my life is been able to uh, restore my relationship with my wife, think more of God and be with God. And uh, thanks to some of these men here that have been here with me through it all, have given me advice, godly advice, helped me get into the Bible because I wasn't a believer, you know, and they, they've helped me through the way. So, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, the 18th, I hit 90 days, and um, yeah, I'm going to continue on, and the scripture I stand on is, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Thank you, church. I always have to lower the mic a little bit, you know? Yeah, I know that I was beautifully and wonderfully made, but like I would have appreciated being like 5'10", or you know, just a little more, but... Um, yeah, you know, I was talking with, uh, 
with um, Amber, who's your lovely greeter, and I told her, I was laughing because I said, like, you know, when I was in high school, I took a public speaking class, and I skipped it every single day, because I never thought I would ever need it, and so, like, here I am, having to do public speaking every single week, so, you know, the College of Hard Knocks. But um, the other thing that I want to warn you is that I'm carrying this clicker, and I'm probably going to talk into it like it's a mic at one point or another, because I'm used to carrying a mic, but so bear with me. But my name is Dean. Um, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I've been with Adult and Teen Challenge now for about two and a half years, and so I can go backwards and explain why. But uh, so, you know, I grew up in a great family. You know, we were, uh, went to an Assemblies of God church growing up. I went to all the, the youth groups and uh, the Sunday schools and the summer camps and the conventions, and I was so plugged in with the church. Went to a private Christian school. And then when I was in sixth grade, they switched me to a public school, and uh, I immediately just fell in with the wrong crowd because I didn't know, like, any of the trends or the music. Or, and so I was always getting in trouble, and, um, you know, I, I fell in with the wrong crowd. I started getting grounded all the time. I was kind of just wondered, like, I think I was wondering, like, what was outside of the walls of the church because I was so, like, in the church growing up. And so, um, you know, with, with all that, I started, like, abusing my friend's prescription drugs and and uh, I was, like I mentioned, I was getting grounded over and over again. I got so grounded that at one point my parents told me, like, you're indefinitely grounded. You're never ungrounded. And so, like, at that point, I was, like, you know, threw in the towel. I was getting in trouble left and right. And so that went on all through high school. The parties got worse. And, uh, you know, I was always, like, I wanted to be the best at something. And uh, I played soccer until, you know, I was the best on the team until this other kid moved in and he was better than me. And then I quit. And then I skateboarded, and I was the best, and then somebody moved into the school, and they were better than me, and so I quit. I just wanted to be the best at something. And uh, I found with partying, I was always the last one awake at the party. Like, I considered I was the best. And so that that was, like, took me down a quick spiral, like, really bad, really quick. And so by the time, you know, I was about ready to graduate high school, somehow, by the grace of God, I did graduate high school. But um, I was prescribed so many different medications from the doctors, um, they said I was had anxiety and ADHD and all these different meds that I could abuse on top of all the drugs that I was doing in the streets. And I was just taking this like handful of Skittles every morning just to feel normal or what I thought was my own normal. And so, um, you know, that that wasn't sustainable at all. So by the time I turned 21, I was only two years out of high school, started drinking when I turned 21. And I was 21 for probably 10 days before I just I got to a point where at this point, I, I was like living in my car. I had cut ties with everybody or everybody had burned bridges with me. Like I, my parents, my brother, any family, any friends that I had. And I'm barely 21 years old and I'm just sitting in my car crying this one night in this graveyard. And I, and I remember just thinking like, how the heck did I get here, man? Like I'm, I'm barely 21 years old and I have nothing going for me. Like I'm destined to die in this life. And I really thought that I was just gonna run that addiction until I died. And so, you know, it was that same night that uh, I tried to commit suicide in a car accident. And I, you know, I took my car, like, going 70 miles an hour, and I just drove it right into the woods. I wrapped it around a tree, and I don't even remember climbing out of the car or anything, but I do remember staring at the car and hearing the sirens coming and, and looking down at myself, and I was scratch-free. I, I, I was unscathed from this crazy car accident that I should have died in. And... Um, it was at that moment that God 
just brought this peace over me. And I remember having my arms crossed looking at the car, and I got this peace that I hadn't felt in a long time. Like, I think this is my rock bottom. I think this is like, if I survive that, like, I might as well go make a change. And so I decided to give God another chance. And so I went to the Adult and Teen Challenge in New Hampshire, actually, which is where I'm from. Like, I don't even know where we are right now. I'm states away from where I'm from. But um, so I went to the Adult and Teen Challenge in New Hampshire, and immediately God started working on me. You know, like, we went down to the prayer room, and all these guys are praying over each other, and everybody's the everybody's 30 or older, and I'm this 21-year-old kid, and I'm like, man, I don't even know that I'm bad off enough to be here, but talking with everybody, they're like, yeah, you are, and so, um, so, you know, I was blessed to be as young as I was. I didn't have as many years of bad habits to break, and so God took a hold of me right away, and, you know, I have a knack for sales and for business, and so they put me in the office doing some work, and I would just sit and make cold calls all day long, and and went out fundraising and went to churches just like this. And, and God used all the frustrating people that I was living with and, and the leadership that were sometimes good, sometimes bad. And he used it all for the good. And one of the verses that I love to stand on is Romans 8.28. And it says, uh, you know, that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I'll tell you, when I stood and looked at that car crashed, I felt called. And so when I was at Teen Challenge, I finished the program and they hired me on as a staff member, and so I was there, and I worked on staff for a little while. But, um, you know, things got tough for me when, when one of my friends, one of my childhood best friends, who I actually introduced to drugs, ended up committing suicide and mentioned it in his, in his note that he left and everything. And one of my, my, my other best friends ended up relapsing. He went down to Connecticut and overdosed. He's paralyzed now. My girlfriend at the time moved away just it was boom 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 all these things and I wasn't plugged in like I was before with the Lord and so I slipped up and so you know I slipped up for about two weeks and I didn't want to go back down that path and so I talked to to some of the staff members in New Hampshire told them I got to get some help I got to come back into the program and so they said well you're not staying here you're going down to Worcester I'm like where's Worcester and so um, here I am, so, you know, I met the friendly Steve, who was a little rough around the edges, honestly, in the first couple minutes of meeting him, but um, all these guys helped me stay here, and they started to, you know, God's been working on me, helping me find some of the reasons why, you know, I realized that I was, I was taken advantage of when I was a younger kid, and I never looked at that in the first time through the program. God's been highlighting it and allowing me to see some of the damages that that, that, that did to me. And so I'm just excited to see what God has for me. My hope is to go back to whether I work here or go back to New Hampshire and just continue to work at this great ministry that I love. And, you know, um, one of the things I was scared of coming back here was that I was thinking, like, I almost didn't come back because I was thinking about, like, there's 20 guys that you're just living with for an entire year. Like, a picture, like, this whole group over here, all you guys living in this building for an entire year together. Bethany, you didn't look like you liked that idea. <laughs> and so that was what I was signing up for, and I knew it, but I knew that God had called me back. And, I, and so, uh, you know, ever since I've been here, like, I don't have both times, the first time and the second time, I didn't have any money to my name. I, I burned every bridge, like I said, and uh, emptied my bank accounts, emptied the bank accounts of everybody that I knew around me, and Teen Challenge still took me in with open arms. And so as you could see, like, on the slide back here is that we have this dollar a day sponsorship. And so with a show of hands, I like to do this, get interactive a little bit. Like how many people drink coffee in here? We got coffee drinkers. Is everybody being honest? All right. All right. Most everybody. So 
it's a dollar a day for the sponsorship. It's less than a cup of coffee every day. And so one of the things that I'm like a funny, silly guy sometimes, but I try to get serious at this point. And um, there was 110,000 overdose deaths in the United States alone in 2022 just in our country. That's not globally. That's just in our country. And I don't know how Rhode Island is, but I know in Massachusetts is the seventh worst state out of all of them. New Hampshire is the third worst state. And so I'm assuming that Rhode Island is also pretty bad. And so, like, I was in high school in 2019, I'm a young guy, like I said. And so uh, I remember that before, before COVID came around, it was just... Uh, all of it, we were talking about the drug epidemic, the opioid crisis was like all you ever heard about on the news. And then COVID came and that was kind of like swept under the rug, like it was on the back burner. But like from these numbers that you're hearing, you know, the government put $3.5 billion into the, into the opioid crisis in 2022. So like the problem is right outside these doors. It's still happening. It's only getting worse. And we're starting to hear a little bit more about it now that the COVID is relaxing a little bit. And uh, thank God, no masks in the building anymore. But um, it's a serious issue, guys. And so what I what I hear from the people in the church a lot is like, how can we help? Like, I'm just one person. How do I get involved? How do I make a difference in that 110,000 overdose that happened last year? And what I always say, like, is, like I said, there was $3.5 billion put to secular programs, and yet their average success rate is under 10% across the country. And here at Teen Challenge, we have a, a success rate of 76% for the guys that complete the program. I attribute that to Jesus Christ, because we're a Christian nonprofit, and if we were to take government money, then we'd have to take Jesus Christ out of the program, and I know for me that I'm just not willing to do that, and neither is anybody else at Teen Challenge, and so that's why we come here asking for your help. And so we go out fundraising a lot. We have a wood shop where we make those lovely cutting boards back there if you haven't gotten to see them yet. Those are a couple ways that you guys can get involved with helping and joining hands with Teen Challenge. And so I know that you guys help out the women's facility and buy all the nice jewelry that they make and stuff, but um, we make some of these cutting boards. And, uh, but the greatest way that you can help us out here is through this dollar-a-day sponsorship. And um, like I said, it's less than a cup of coffee every day. If you're a Starbucks drinker, you could sponsor a couple guys. And so, um, but if you, if you feel any kind of tug on your heart to help out this ministry here, you can come talk to me or Steve at the end. We're going to be at the table or wandering around. I get distracted very easily. So hopefully I'll be back at the table. But if you want to come talk to me, um, I can help you get signed up for that dollar a day sponsorship. And we appreciate you guys for allowing us to come out here and speak a little bit. And so that is all we have for you. I don't know if Steve, you want to come back up one more time, but thank you. Well, that was a powerful testimony. He is right. I am a little rough around the edges, especially when it comes to uh, the passion. Uh, there's guys that, you know, just because you trip doesn't mean, you know, you know what does the Bible say about falling seven times, right? You know, we're going to pick you up. We're going to dust you off. We're going to give you the tools that you need so that you can conquer whatever it was that hurt you or took you out or made you feel as if you couldn't do it anymore. Because this world, the storms are coming. They're coming. If they're not in your life now, they're waiting. They're knocking at the door. And how deep is your root? Is your root deep in Christ? 
And if it's not, if it's surface level, you're going to get blown over when that hard time comes. And so dust him off, give him the resources so that he can conquer it. And next time, maybe he won't blow over. And so uh, I just want to let you guys know how excited we are about the stuff in the back table. These men work really hard at the carpenter shop to produce some beautiful product back there. They're awesome gifts for the holidays. So maybe you know somebody. They have tags on them with QR codes and their video testimonies of individuals just like you heard up here. Lives changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Powerful, powerful testimonies. So please, if you can, stop by there. The sponsorships, obviously most important. But Pastor, we just want to thank you for allowing us to come and be blessed by your church. So thank you so much. You know, uh, Steve, I don't, I don't know if he's rough around the edges or not. He's just like a big teddy bear to me, I think, you know. I don't, but you guys have to deal with him every day, so it's a different story. I get it. Hey, uh, Paul and I had a nice break. I've got a short message for you today because I know we had some extra stuff today. So, But we had a nice break, and we're glad to be back. Uh, when we go away, uh, just the two of us, we... We do a lot of walking, and uh, we walked about seven miles a day, average. So we did like 60, 65 miles or something like that. And uh, we also visit thrift stores, I have to confess. <laughs> but we were walking a lot, and uh, one day uh, I found myself just really down, like really depressed. And... Uh, you know, I talked to my wife about it, and she said, well, you just got to, and I just go, never mind. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we went out on that walk, and I, and I had a bottle of water, and I, and, and I drank a bottle of water, and it just lifted. So, so I had heard about a connection between water and, and this before, but, but it was so clear. And so I looked it up. You know, if you go, Google will tell you everything and anything you want to know about. More than you need, of course. And I looked it up, and there's a very clear connection between water, between dehydration and, and uh, depression. So let me just read to you a couple of statements. Uh, Healthline.com says, Dehydration may, may lead to increased feelings of anxiety and depression, as well as other symptoms. Research shows that water is, may, is important for maintaining your mental health. And a study showed that people who usually drink lots of water felt less calm, less content, more tense when their water intake dropped. And when water intake increased, people in the study felt more happiness no matter how much they drank normally. Another study found lower water intake was associated with tension and depression, confusion, and other things. Something I already knew that I'm chronically dehydrated, I already knew that. When I went to see a skin doctor, he looked at my arm and he goes, man, you're dehydrated. I go, yeah. So I already knew that. There's a, there's a group called Solara Mental Health, and they... Uh, 
minister to uh, veterans. And you know, veterans, uh, you know, the, and, and I know some of you are veterans here, and I, and I thank you for your service, but veterans have a hard time, and, and the suicide rate in, in the, for veterans is very high. But anyways, this ministry, they focused strictly on that, but uh, they said this, that every system in the human body counts on water to function. Every system, and the brain is like 75%. Brain tissue is water, 75%. So you can see basically why that would affect you mentally if you were dehydrated, right? Uh, they went on to say this, and, I, and this is important for you to get this, because uh, uh, about depression, they say this, though it would be overly simplistic to say that dehydration is a direct cause for all types of depression, Dehydration and depression are causally connected in many ways. So this is important. So thinking about this, this is what happened to, to us and to me. And it made me start to think more about water, right? And so, you know, what was I going to do? If this is an issue in my own life, my own body, what am I going to do? How do I stay hydrated? What do you have to do about that? How do you get into the habit of drinking enough water every day? Because when I went back and looked at how much I actually drank in a day, it was ridiculous how little it was. So you're thinking, I can read minds. You're thinking, what is he talking about here today? <laughs> this makes no sense. This is supposed to be church, right? Well, you know what? There is a spiritual connection. There's absolutely a spiritual connection because, because in my mind, there is a thirst deeper than the body. The body is important and we need to take care of it and do what we can. And, and, and maybe this, maybe just that little bit will help you in a way because I, it, you know, since that time, I've been drinking a lot of water and I've been learning a lot of things about even about myself. I've noticed that it doesn't make the battles go away, but it helps me to deal with them. But anyways, there is a, deep, a, a deeper thirst than the body, a thirst that only God can meet. And ultimately, that is where the real thirst is. Ultimately, that's where the real thirst is. Psalm 42, uh, you can turn there if you like. Psalm 42, uh, the, the, the psalmist says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. That's what he said, you know, when can I go and meet with God? He said, this is the need that I have in my life. This is the, as, as uh, uh, Pascal wrote, you know, this God-shaped hole within us that only God can fill. But we try to fill it with so many other things. You know, the, the, the part of the brain that tells you if you're hungry is the same part of the brain that tells you if you're thirsty, and so what we end up doing is we, we think we're hungry, so we eat a bunch of more food, and then it's not, we're not satisfied because the truth is we're really thirsty. And so in our lives, we, you know, the truth is we need God. But we try to fill it with so many other things, so many things that this world has to offer. And, and our brothers here have testified, you know, I, I went to, to all these different things to try to you know, deal with me, myself, but God is really the only one that can do that. You know that. You guys know that. And some of you are discovering it day after day. 
David said in Psalm 63, it says when he was in the desert of Judah, in the desert, a very dry place, he said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So, you know, in this, this world is not going to answer the need that we have in this life. Isaiah, it says in Isaiah chapter 12 that, that with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Where does it start? It starts with us finding, you know, God in our lives and, and, and discovering that, that God is, wants to do a work in my life. But you know what? He wants to give you what you need. Isaiah chapter 41 says this, that the poor, and this is quoting God says this, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. And their tongues are parched with thirst. He says, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. And I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. God is going to provide the water that you need, this water of salvation, the water that is going to help you survive in this life. Again, the, 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 the connection and the, the similarities of some of the ideas of, of what dehydration does to a person's body, spiritually as human beings, it does the same for us. When we're not you know, being, you know, having the water of life on a regular basis. You know, you can't just drink once. Well, I'm good for the next week. Sometimes we, we're, we're like that. We come to church. Well, I heard the word and I'm good till next Sunday. How many days can you live without water? Anybody know? It's about four. It's, it's three to five. So it's about four days you can live without water. Without food, you can go for long periods of time. People have done it. But without water, three to five days, you're going to start drying up and it will affect you. But spiritually, we, we're like that. You know, I, I, had a, I had a little drink this morning. I opened my Bible. I read one verse and, and I'm good for another 30 days. Not. That doesn't work. And we wonder why we're weak and spiritually, you know, uh, depressed. Why we're not, you know, going forward. Isaiah 44, it says that, you know, there's a blacksmith and he takes the tool and he works it. He works with it in the coals and he, he makes an idol and he forges it. But he gets hungry and he loses his strength and he drinks no water and he grows faint. So, so he's making these idols he's trying to do with all this other stuff. But he really he's losing strength and, and finally he starts to faint because he has no water. Again, the, the message is we, we, we try to fill our lives and our hearts with so many other things. You know, the media, uh, food, drugs, pornography. The, 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 the list is endless what we try to fill that emptiness within our souls with. It does not work. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 that you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. We, we think we're going to do both, but we can't really do both either. 
We've got to choose. That's why, you know, Joshua said, you know, choose this day. Who are you going to serve? If it's the Lord, serve him. If it's not, go do your thing. But, but you know, you have to make a choice. Who are you going to serve in this life, in this world? I love it, what it says in Isaiah 55. And, and again, I don't know why in the book of Isaiah, there's so many verses about water and about being satisfied. But it said in Isaiah 55, verse 1, he says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. How much is it going to cost you to come to that? well the well of salvation it's gonna, you're gonna have to well truthfully it's it, it costs everything but really the cost is zero it's nothing the world on the other hand you have to pay a heavy price these gentlemen here they're talking they paid a heavy price to get where they are the world you know it charges but jesus the gift that jesus gives is free free completely free Jesus said it, and, and you probably have thought of this verse already as I've been talking. He says on the last and greatest day of the feast, he stood, Jesus stood, and he said in a loud voice, he wanted everyone to hear, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Isaiah, God says it in Isaiah and Jesus himself says it, come, where, where are you going to get satisfied? Where are you going to find the water of life? He says, come to me and drink. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 10 that the, the spiritual rock, they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. The water came out of the rock. So back to water as we kind of wrap this up. And uh, just, just so you know, um, we have coffee and donuts in the back for you today. So you, you know, be patient. They're, they're there. Although I have to tell you that coffee it does not count for your dehydration process. In fact, it's diuretic and it, it counts against you. Okay? So that cup of coffee maybe. And I thought about it. Maybe i got to give up a little less coffee, and maybe I'm going to support someone. Uh, where is he? Here he is. And, but the thing, <laughs> the thing about it is, uh, water is essential to the human body. Essential, absolutely essential. 60% of your body is made up of water. Every cell in your body needs water, and especially your brain, just to function your heart. One thing I, I know personally is you don't always know if you're dehydrated. You don't know that, right? And I, I think some of us, too, we're not, we're not aware that we're spiritually dehydrated. We don't have what we need. We're not taking in enough, and, and we wonder why things are not going so well. Well, we're, we're not drinking from the well. We're not on this, you know, continuous uh, being rehydrated. So I want to finish with some tips for dehydration. And I didn't make these up. I read them somewhere. Number one, 
keep water close. Right here, close. You're never going to get enough water if you don't have it with you. Keep water close. And, and so spiritually, what is the application here? Is that you need to stay close to Jesus and his word. You, you know, this is, this is like Christianity 101, right? What do you do? You come to Jesus and you need to stay close to Jesus and you need to stay in his word on a daily basis. Just like water, you can't, you know, skip a bunch of days. What's, what's, how's that going to affect you? I say it over and over and over again because why? Because the flesh, the spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak, and so we say, well, I'll get to that after I watch my, you know, three hours of television because I have 75 channels, and I got to make sure I get my money's worth. Some of you laugh because you know it's true. And then after watching three hours, do you really want to open your Bible? You know, I'm burned out now. I'm tired now. How about do that first? Keep water close. You've got to stay close to Jesus. Stay close to his word. I, I say it over and over because the scripture is, you know, it, it, is, it is how God kind of refreshes us on a daily basis. I, I can't even tell you how many times that in the morning I've woken up or waken up, whatever the word is. Barbara would be uh, throwing a fit uh, with my English and, and, and just, it's just not right. Something just isn't right. But after spending time in God's word and just being me and him, how, how, how it just like lifts me up. Uh, you know, there was, there's no way to count how many times that's happened in my life. But I learned as a, as a new Christian that, you know, you have to, you have to make this daily appointment. So the second thing there is to set alarms, you know, like, and I don't know if I'm going to do that, set alarms, I need to drink more water, you need to drink now, but I need, to, you know, you kind of have to plan it out, right? Uh, you know, if I don't plan to drink water, I will not drink water because I don't feel thirsty. I just don't. But I'm dehydrated, so I need to, so I need to plan it out. If you do not plan to spend time with the Lord, and open his word, you will not do it. Guaranteed. If you don't plan, you will not do it. So do you need to set an alarm and wake up at a certain time or, or set an alarm on your phone to say, hey, have you gotten your time with the Lord today? You know, you're getting a little bit strong, pastor. Why are you pushing this on us? Why? Because I know that this is what God will use in your life. I know there, there are no strong Christians on this planet who do not spend time on a daily basis with God and his word. They, you, they just don't exist. The third thing, monitor your intake. Maybe you and I, you know, like I said, when I stopped to think about how much water I was actually drinking in a day, it was like ridiculous. It was so low. Ridiculous. And there's no wonder. But when we stop and think about, well, what is my spiritual intake? 
Think back over the last week. How many days did you stop and open your Bible and just talk to the Lord and listen to his word? Think back. And you, I'm, I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I don't want to know. That's between you and the Lord. But I want you to think about it for yourself. And if it's been, you know, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is, that's the, the, the thing we saw with Jacob. You know, God said, you need to get back to Bethel. You need to get back to that place where God spoke to you, where God first began to work in his life. Monitor your intake, the spiritual intake, the word and prayer and fellowship with Almighty God, fellowship with one another. And the last thing is just drink. I used to work with this guy I was selling furniture, and uh, his name was Richard as well. But he, he would say this to me. You know, we'd be talking about the stuff that we need to do, and he said, well, there's nothing left to it but to do it. There's nothing left to it but to do it. And we make a lot of excuses, but, you know, finally at some point we just got to do what we're supposed to do, what we need to do. This has got to be at the top of the list. As Lloyd Pulley, pastor of of Old Bridge Calvary Chapel in New Jersey says for him as a pastor, and he has, he has I don't know how many thousands and thousands of people at his church he's the pastor there. He says, for me, this is non-negotiable, non-negotiable. This time that I have with God is non-negotiable. Other things come and go, they're negotiable, whether I'm going to do this or that, but, but to have a, a time with God for him, he said it's non-negotiable. I think we need that kind of determination and decision for ourselves. One last thought before we close is this. When we get to heaven, we're, we're not going to have to worry about this anymore. Why do I say that? Revelation 22, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of the life, excuse me, the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, Crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On, a, on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Right in the middle of the, the heavenly city was this river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God. And of the Lamb. It's there. We're not going to have to worry about it then. But now you and I need to think about it. You and I do need to worry about it. He, he finishes later in Revelation 22, verse 17. He says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. God says, Come. That's what, he's, that's what he always says. Will you just come to me? Jesus said, if you're you know, weary, burdened, come to me. I'll give you rest. I'm going to give you what you need. He says the same today for you and for me. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day we've been able to share with the testimonies, with your word, with uh, the songs that we can sing together, Lord. And we come to you. We bow before you. 
And you are the one that's, that's saying, come. And so we do come and we say, Lord, I, I'm thirsty. I need you. And I'm sorry for, for the things in my life that I've tried to fill that place that only you can fill with. I come and I, and I, and I pray, Lord. And I seek your face and ask you to fill me, fill us. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, the, those rivers of living water that Jesus talked about, I'm, I'm so thirsty, I want that, Lord. I need you to come and fill us up. Maybe, Lord, there's someone here today who never, who, who's never had a drink, never had uh, any of that water of life. If that's you today, you can, you can come to Jesus and find that he answers the need that you have in your heart. As we sang from John chapter 1, for all who believed and received him and believed in his name, he gave the right, the power to become children of God. That's all you have to do, receive him and believe in his name and he will come to you. Father, help us in this life. May your blessing rest upon Teen Challenge in Worcester and Steve and the other leaders there of wisdom as they renovate this building, as they more importantly uh, work on renovating men's lives to be disciples of Jesus and to, to, to be able to succeed in this life here on this planet until they go home to be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing one song together.